Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Zero Weakness Podcast. You are joined, uh, we are joined by myself, Tom Bro, Bridget, and uh, El Presidente, Daniel Carpenter. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Establishment Coffee Co. If you want to get a nice wee discount on your order, head to Establishment their website. <laughs> yeah, head to their website, use 025 to get 25% off your next order. No one types and free in shipping. An, and free shipping. And no one types in an actual website anyway. Everyone just Googles it. Yeah. Or types the name into the bar. I go http dash dash dot All right. What have we been up to? No, actually, before we start, grateful. What are you guys grateful for? What are you grateful for? You kick it off. I am grateful for... Fuck, I feel like we say this every week. I'm grateful for powerlifting. Yes. What a wild, fucking beautiful, random sport. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pick up miscellaneous objects. I hang out with people I never think I'd ever hang out with in my life. I build relationships with people that I'd never think I'd be friends with in a million years. I get to coach some really cool people. Uh, I get to do this and call this work, apparently. Um, yeah, I'm very grateful for powerlifting. Nice. Nice. There's a reason why I haven't, I'm so on and off with powerlifting, but I'm still here. Do you know what I mean? I still mm. love it. Mm. Can't let it go. I like that. Mm. Yeah. Daniel Carpenter, what are you grateful for? I'm grateful for <clears throat> the four day comp we had on the weekend and all the people that came down to help selflessly throughout the whole thing. It was a hectic four days, five days including setup, and there was people in and out helping, jumping in wherever they could. These people didn't expect anything in return. They just came down just to simply help and and to have that sort of community is just priceless. Mm. Yeah. Really cool. Mm-hmm. Mine's the same as Daniel's, the community. What? After every single no, <laughs> can't just copy mine. <laughs> All right, fine. My health, because I've been under the weather lately, so I take it for granted when I'm feeling good. Mm. So, yeah. But finish off what you were saying. I was just going to say it's the main thing that I take away from every big comp that we do is how great this community is and how much I appreciate and love everyone. Uh-huh. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm grateful for zero. We turned 10 on Saturday and nice. uh, it's been a crazy 10 years. This Saturday or Saturday just gone? This Saturday coming wow. up. Yeah, that's why we're having the barbecue on, on Friday. Going to get lit with brisket. Lit, let's get <laughs> let's get brisket um but we'll do like a 10-year recap episode one of these days and that can be where i actually talk about 10 years of zero rather than right now fuck that'll be a cool episode yeah. it'll be an emotional one maybe i gotta go back through old videos and stuff i gotta show you guys old videos because they're all on like a hard drive of when but there was when I didn't have a smartphone and I used to record stuff on a camera. No, I did have a smartphone, but I couldn't like there was no Instagram. Zero didn't have an Instagram, so I used to like download them off my phone onto my computer and then post them to YouTube. Even so, videos from phones ten years ago would have been so bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bro, videos when you watch a video from five years ago, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, you would have been like, "This is groundbreaking." <laughs> yeah, I remember when we got when we switched from a film camera to a digital camera, mm. and my dad and I like deliberating over like, do we spend five hundred bucks and get a five megapixel camera, <laughs> or do we stick to the cheap one and go three megapixels? <laughs> now, like your phone has a billion megapixels and. Takes better photos than like SLRs. Bro, can you remember when like uh, phone cameras first came out? 
Yeah. And you know how we all thought they were fucking amazing and they literally look like a Nintendo 64 graphic. <laughs> yeah. If it was so real bad. life or not, you're like, fuck, this is sick. Do you ever see those reels going around where it's like getting ready in 2007? Yeah. yeah. It'll show the person like putting on all the... I was actually going to send one to you last night because <laughs> it was a chick getting ready in 2002. I'm like, this is how Bridget dresses now. <laughs> <laughs> Great. 2002, Bridget would have been 30 as well. Yeah. The, the one of the guy and he's like putting on like... Osiris shoes and like yes. baggy shorts and a, a cap too high and then like doing that <laughs> with like a, a photo. Yeah, that's so good. Was Osiris shoes big over here in Australia? Yeah. Yeah. Huge. That was shit back home. Yeah. Well, my I'll show you a bench PB video of me benching 180 on New Year's Eve in, in 2013. I'm wearing my Osiris shoes. Wait, how much did you bench back then? 180. 180, yeah. Fuck. We're just talking before off air about how Tom Bros always had a big bench. Yeah, and he set all these records back like all these years ago. Mm. Yeah, True. I was a powerlifter once. That's, that's how I did get into this, you know. It just True. pop up. True veteran of the sport. Yeah, now he's training for old dogs. Yeah, yeah. let's go. <laughs> I'm going to thrash David Wilcox. <laughs> Needs to change his name on Instagram to Tom Dad. <laughs> oh, too old to be called bro now, t- Tom bro. Nah, I'm one of the bros. All right. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? We got to recap America. Mm. That's why yeah. we got Big Daddy Daniel on? That's Ooh. it. Let's go, Daddy. Talk to us, America. So, I don't know if you guys all know, Thomas and Daniel visited the US of A for was it for a competition and for some refereeing courses, I believe. Yeah, well, Daniel competed at the IPL Worlds over there, the two two World Championships, um, and uh, we went over to to referee and and basically observe in preparation for our worlds make sure we were all clued up and ready to go yeah how'd you go you won didn't you yeah um it's not about competing against <laughs> others it's about competing against yourself and i did terrible against myself <laughs> as well <laughs> i did so bad i went like five for nine or something sick yeah mm-hmm. yeah the way i think is like if i look at my total overall compared to what i did like I don't know, three months before it, I probably did about 5% worse, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound like a lot. But then when you map it out, if you're talking like 700-ish, seven, like a 730 total, it can knock you back to like below, like high 600s or whatever. Um, like that 5% is a massive difference. And that's about the amount that knocked me back. And I just want to, I don't know, I keep blaming like time zone changes, all this sort of stuff. And then all of that combined. And then I think by the time I got there on the day, I was just over it. Yeah. yeah. How how did you find competing in America? What was like? Is that your first international competition? Yeah, yeah, first international competition, first competition, sanctioned competition I've done outside of Queensland, actually. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, their comps were set up nice and run really well. Um, but I think a big thing that we everyone in Australia really takes for granted is how spoiled we are in Australia when it comes to powerlifting, whether it be competitions, the gyms, all that sort of stuff. Like when we went over there, I expected this to be this thing that we haven't seen before but it was just the same as a comp we run if yeah. not not as good as a comp we run like yeah, wow. just everything we do over here is just so outstanding all the equipment everything and then yeah mm. i think we just take it for granted so yeah try travel to another country and do a comp there and just see how it all runs because it's it's funny because um we'll, we'll, t- we'll touch on this later but with worlds that we've just hosted i speak to all the americans and they all go on about how this is the best comp they've ever done Mm. And I'm like, this is nuts because all we look on Instagram is like, whoa, these comps look fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think Daniel's understating like the he he definitely got stitched up with his flight. So 
I noticed, well, we went and they run two platform meets or sometimes three platform meets at these big competitions in America. And um, Daniel was on whatever the orange platform, the other platform was the blue platform. And he was in the 100 kilo class and there were like 15 or 20 100 kilo lifters. And he was the lone 100 kilo lifter with like five women. <laughs> so it, yeah. was a, it was a six person flight. So it was a tiny flight to begin with. And he was the only guy. And then on the other platform, there was a flight of like 1,500 kilo men. So I went to the table and I'm like, has there been a mistake here? Because Daniel's over there and they're all over there. And they're like, oh, yeah, there has been a mistake. I'm like, cool. Can we just move him over? That like, no. <laughs> so uh, I think it was too late Like it, with their iron comp software. They, for whatever reason, they were reluctant to to do it. So Daniel had a very short flight, which which throws a spanner in the works. And I mean, you guys saw all the, the Americans here, a few of them bombed mm -hmm. and a lot of them really had like super hard openers and then missed seconds and thirds. Yeah. It's easy to underestimate how much the travel does take a toll on you. So there were a few factors at play. Yeah. So like factoring in, I mean, for me, it's just like always train at the same time. So, you know, like one or three o'clock every single day. And then all of a sudden now you're expected to like hit your absolute perfect maxes at what's equivalent to like one in the morning back home. Like my body is used to being asleep at this time every day. And now I'm asking for it to perform its best. Mm -hmm. mm. And again, like I said, it's about a 5% drop, which doesn't sound like a lot. But then when it comes to these sort of numbers, that's huge. And yeah. food, food's all different. Beds are different. You're traveling around. We're driving heaps. Yeah. A few factors leading into it. Mm. It was a pretty cool comp though. Yeah, yeah. No, it was cool. Where, where was the comp? Uh, Orange Beach in Alabama. Nice. How many yeah. lifters were there? Oh, over the whole weekend? 400? Yeah. Oh, I don't think it was that high. What did we have? We had it was quiet days, actually, yeah. Yeah, there was about 60, 200. Yeah, f yeah, maybe like 400. Wow. Two platforms and, and pretty full days. Yeah. Um, So we got a story about Daniel's last warm-up squat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just like, the, just add it to the things I got stitched up about. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel wraps his own knees and... uh. Before the comp every day, like just before the first lift of the day, they do the national anthem. There's a flag like in between the two the two platforms and everyone turns and faces the flag. And it's, it's the thing, you know. And Daniel like, wrapped up his knees, stood up. I was helping load the bar with this other American dude and the national anthem starts playing and he just turns into stone. Like he he <laughs> yeah. just stops this other guy and I'm like, okay. So we just, you know, we need to put that plate on. The rack height was way down. And he, he did a few little things, but he just wouldn't move. So The, the other guy wouldn't move. Not me. Yeah, the guy Dan, that was loading the other bar, yeah. Me and Daniel kept looking at each other like, do we push this guy out of the way and just do the squat? Or is that going to disrespect the whole room? And is everyone going to be like these fucking disrespectful Aussies yeah. moving while the national anthem is playing? He had his hand like holding the thing that you adjust the heights with. And he's just holding it there. He's just throwing the flag. <laughs> and I have my knees wrapped, wrapped my own knees, wrapped my own wrist, have my belt on ready to go. I'm like, what the fuck? This thing is going forever. It just yeah. kept going and it going. It was the most going. comical timing. It was like, as he was standing up, it started playing and that was it. Yeah. Do you they're waiting Did for everybody freeze like that? Yeah, the, the whole room. Wow. It's like a moment of silence. Yeah. yeah. They're waiting for the Aussie to wrap his knees and, <laughs> yeah. and play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there's just another factor. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, once, once Daniel had gotten into the swing of the day and uh, had kind of <laughs> checked out a bit mentally after things weren't going great, we changed plans and we were meant to drive to um, Tennessee the next day and and watch a football game but the football game wasn't on the time that we thought it was thanks toby downing <laughs> um so we found a college football game the same night as daniel's competition about six hours away so 
Daniel did his last lift. We pretty much grabbed all his stuff, threw it in the car, and then drove six hours to this to this game. What game did you go see? Um, it was um, Alabama Crimson, Crimson? Tide. Yeah. Oh, the Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, Mississippi. Mississippi State. Oh, that's sick. You guys went to a good game. No, we didn't because Mississippi State scored zero and Alabama just kept scoring and scoring and scoring and scoring and there was no action. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it was like 30-something to zero. That's sick. They thrashed them. It was cool. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, it was good fun. Crazy atmosphere. Um, definitely wild. And apparently the game that we were meant to go and watch, someone told us a couple of days later that it wasn't a very good game. So, How crazy is American sports? They just do it bigger and better than anyone else in the world, eh? Bro, that stadium was inside the college. Their colleges are crazy. Like, the buildings are enormous, like those frat houses and stuff. Yeah, like, it's... I didn't expect it to look anything like that. They were huge. They're like proper full-on mansions. Mm, yeah. Even the high schools are huge over there. The biggest powerlifting competition I ever went to was at this high school in... Somewhere in, like, the outskirts of Wisconsin. Like, this tiny little town. It was massive. That's wild. Yeah. It's like high school basketball over there. Like, Sierra Canyon... Uh, it's a school in Los Angeles and like you pull up to like people, rappers and people always talk about Sierra Canyon's parking lot because you pull up and you see LeBron James, you see Drake, you see all these famous rappers all going to go watch a high school basketball game. Crazy. And famous athletes. Yeah. Americans love it. Yeah, you yes. can see why it just, it, it's really electric. I feel like, yeah, I, I don't know. I've, uh, you can, you can get the stereotypes. Daniel said this while we were over there. You can understand the stereotypes of like, the football kids being super famous in the school because mm. like they're there and it's like f- fucking 10, 20,000 people all cheering for like this one quarterback yeah. or yeah. whatever. Yeah. This one high school kid, <coughs> this one college kid. And yeah. Was, yeah. The stadiums are massive. Like it's insane. It's, um, it's crazy now because now high school kids and college athletes, they can make money off their likeness. So now they can get shoe deal because they used to not be allowed to make money. Yeah. So that's why people are against like college sports because these colleges are just profiting off all these athletes, you know, selling these jerseys with people's names on it and they're not making any money themselves. Ah. And that's why in basketball, heaps of people are deferring from college and trying to go play overseas for a year before going to the NBA because they need to make money for their families and things like that where they're not allowed to in college basketball. Isn't that crazy? They weren't allowed to make money, but you can bet on college games. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's fucked. So wait, so they are allowed to make money now? Yeah, they don't get paid, but they're allowed to make money off their likeness. So they're allowed to start YouTube channels. They weren't even allowed to get a job. Like if you're that poor and you needed to like work, you couldn't work at Subway so as well as being a college athlete. Why really? not? I don't know. It's fucked. Yeah. Mm. I suppose they, they view their income as like the scholarship they're on or whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. And then like they have to study something... So majority of college athletes, they don't make it past the college level. So what they'll do is, you know, they make you study something that you don't want to study so it fits in with the college football's program. So you know, you've oh, got, so the classes fit in around all your training schedule and game schedule and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So then, you know, you don't go to the next level. It's like, oh, sweet. Now I've got a degree in fucking, I don't know. Business. Yeah. <laughs> Accounting. Mm. Yeah, legit. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, so that was really cool. And then after that, we um, we headed to, to Nashville, which was wild. I didn't really know anything about Nashville. Like Nashville, Tennessee was always Daniel's plan because he um, you'd never been there, right? And you wanted to go check it out. And I was really keen to do it as well. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I don't know anything about like country music or the history of Nashville or anything like that. Yeah, I had no idea what to expect. Like we were Googling on the way there as like top 10 things to do in Nashville. And there's this strip and it's called like Honky Tonk Lane or something. Honky Tonk Highway. I don't know why I said or something. That's what it's called. Yeah. So it's called the Honky Tonk 
highway lane. Yeah. Anyway, if you've never seen it, Google it. It's like this one strip and it's almost like this Vegas strip, but in the middle of like Tennessee, but it, instead of it, it's just all country music. It was the craziest thing ever. There was like nightclubs and stuff and it was like a Sunday when we were there. The street was just chockers of people. Some of the clubs are like four, five, six levels up and on every different level, it's like a different person with a guitar playing some yeah. sort of country song. Sounds All the windows are open. Like they put the bands at the windows. So like you're walking down, there's just live music, live music, live music, people dancing on the street. It was just insane. Yeah, it was on and up. Like I didn't expect anything like that. And apparently it's like that seven days a week. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah, well, we were there on a Sunday night. Yeah. And it was mental. Hectic. Was sounds Sunday like night or Monday? Yeah, Sunday, Sunday night. Sounds like hell on earth if you ask me. Sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I I hate noise and I hate busy environments and I'm really glad I went. Yeah, like right. it, it was cool. Because you're not a country music guy either, are you? I am now. Really? Nice. <laughs> I, I don't like modern country music. I like all the, I, I like, it reignited like listening to Elvis and Jerry Lee Lewis and all that sort yeah. of stuff. That was cool. <laughs> no, I did not like country music. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don't the, break my heart. There was this, there was oh this one. We, so we drove a lot. Like between each place is like six, seven, eight hours, whatever. There was this one drive that we did that was maybe like four hours. It wasn't the longest. I think it was the drive into Nashville. It was like we we stayed at this motel and then we had maybe three hours or whatever. And like we had Daniel had his phone hooked up and we had you know Apple Play or whatever it's called. But for some reason, we had it on a country music station and we just didn't change it. Yeah. <laughs> we just listened to country music for like three hours. And I don't think either of us really enjoyed it, but secretly neither of us really hated it. <laughs> I feel like it was the same 10 songs on repeat. It was. <laughs> or maybe it's just because every song but sounds the they same. They all sound exactly <laughs> the same. But like, so we'd, we'd both be zoned out and one of us would just be like, are you listening to the song? And I'd just be like, I love you like the tractors on the tires and then the wind. Just talking about like absolute nonsense. <laughs> Like we think uh, some modern hip hop rap is like nonsense, but then these people are, you think they're singing love ballads and they're literally just singing about yeah. their tractor or like <laughs> yeah, the farming chip. corn or something like that. It's <laughs> just talking about life. All right. What else? Uh, went to Memphis after that. Mm. Absolute hole. <laughs> Don't yeah. recommend you go to Memphis unless you want to just go to Graceland and leave like we did. Yeah, no, Memphis is not Tell good. us about Graceland. Yeah, it was cool. What is Graceland? <laughs> <laughs> what is Graceland? Oh my yeah. gosh. Whoa. It's Elvis's home. Oh, yeah. Nah, fuck Elvis. I don't care. <laughs> Whoa. Can't yeah. say that. So, yeah. Graceland. So, that's his house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's his oh. estate, yeah. which is now like a museum, but the house is still set up as it was when he died. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that was really cool. It's was, it was cool to learn some of the history about him. Like, again, yeah. Daniel and I... And, you know, diehard Elvis fans or anything like that. But it was, I'm glad we went. Yeah, I know nothing about Elvis, really don't know really anything about his music and stuff. But being there was crazy. Like, mm. yeah, it was just like talking about his life and everything he did. Like, that dude did some crazy stuff. Like, he lived it. And it was, yeah. yeah, it was pretty, it was definitely like, um, like electrifying. There was an energy just being there and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I'm really glad we went. Again, yeah. like, I had no interest in Elvis or anything before that. But yeah, like, I'm not buying his albums now but i mean like it was still like an absolutely wild experience he yeah. was like did you know that he was like an honorary cop no so yeah. like he 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 had a badge and there was this there was this bit in the museum talking about how like he would pull over he had a badge and a light 
and he'd put a light on his car and he'd pull people over and he could give them tickets and stuff. <laughs> Jesus. Can you imagine that? You're speeding and Elvis pulled you over? Like, this is back then when he was ultra famous. Mm. It would be awesome. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> is that what Elvis says? <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, Fuck. so that I know nothing cool. about Elvis. It's cool looking at all his cars and all his outfits and stuff like that. But that was really literally the only thing you'd do in, in Memphis besides that hunting store. Oh, that's uh, what's what's the name of the hunting Bass, store? Bass Pro Shops. Yeah, Pro Shop. but it's everyone, a pyramid. Everyone, that's cool, bro. It was a pyramid. It was huge. They had alligators inside <laughs> the shop. Yeah, that's sick. Everyone wears the Pro Bass Shop hat. So yeah. it's like a little trend. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, Google Pro Bass Shop Memphis. It's a legitimate pyramid. It's yeah. enormous. So it used to be a stadium uh, or an arena. It's in this giant pyramid, and it's got like it's got a hotel in there. It's got a wall burger in there. It's got alligators. Like it's That's just nuts. Insane. What is it? Like a giant hunting and yeah. fishing mall. Yeah. yeah, like a giant rebel sport that sells guns. Yeah, wow. <laughs> guns and crossbows and yeah, like fake deers. Um, so you guys got to visit some really cool gyms over there as well. Yes. Yeah. Where? What gyms did you get to see? We visited some famous gyms that are absolutely awful. And then we <laughs> visited some other gyms that are really good. I was gutted to hear that. What famous gyms? Did you see that you didn't like? Only one. Only one. Is it what the one I think it is? Yes. So we, we kind of like left that gym both being like, whatever we ever do in life, zero can never be like this place. Wow, yeah, bad? it was that bad. That sucks. Because I think I've told you. Um, am I allowed to say it? Their Probably name? Not. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> no. no. Don't. All right. <laughs> well, that yeah, well that that guy who owns that gym—that's like one of my favorite. Uh, he's the one of the people that got me into powerlifting, so I was so gutted to hear that. Wait, you would have been powerlifting way before he started. No, I started around the same time. I still remember him sharing his first meets and things like that. He's a very, very famous powerlifter. Um, I thought he was really cool and all that sort of stuff, but it was just being in his gym. It's just crazy how much. I really, really don't like people that are different in personalities than they are on social media. Mm. So like him, he was like walking around the gym with this like grungy look, like real angry, real pissed off at the world, like whatever, just in this shit mood, like a real bad energy to be around. And as soon as the camera rolled on, he's like, this is it. Yeah, I'm so fucking happy. "Mm, (laughs) Let's do this, baby. And I was like, as soon as the camera stopped, he just went back to being a miserable piece of shit again. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) so horrible. I, I don't I don't follow much American powerlifting in general, but I like I, I didn't know he was the owner of the gym. Mm. So that's what got to me, like because it was just the the culture in that gym was like actively avoid eye contact, don't talk to each other, don't look at each other, don't engage with each other unless the camera's on you kind of thing. That sounds horrible. It, it was. <laughs> <laughs> and so um once I learned that it was that it was this person's gym, I was Trying to kind of trying to catch an eye and you know maybe get a hello or like, mm. you know connect on the level of gym owner, powerlifter, whatever gym person, anything. Um, I caught an eye for like maybe half a second and he quickly darted away and that that was it. The only interactions I had with anyone otherwise was one guy was pretty nice, uh, but I think he was from out of town as well. And then a woman asked me if I was using a bench. That's, That's so sad. That yeah. was literally the only talking that that we had in that place. But again, like <clears throat> if that. If we went to, if the, the, fuck, I can't say what I say. Like, if you followed this gym on Instagram or you follow, follow this person on Instagram, you would 
think that it's this positive, really great environment to be around. And then when you get there, you realize it's so horrible. That's what makes it so bad. Like, I mean, if we went to some like hardcore grungy powerlifting um, bodybuilding gym where you expected everybody to be like quiet and angry mm. and hate the world and then they went there and did that, you'd be like, yeah, I expected this coming into it. But going into an environment like that, you're expecting the way that it's shown online, the way that it perceives itself online, you're expecting that when you go there and then you go there and it's nothing like that at all. Mm. That's what makes it really bad. So what about when like, like here, when people ask each other for a spot and stuff like that, does that happen there? What if you needed a spot? Don't know. Yeah. No. I mean, like, Did you bear, see any of that? Bear in mind, we were only there for like an hour. Yeah, yeah. we yeah, weren't yeah, there for sure. very long. Yeah, and then our car broke down. Um, <laughs> so, like, I went in with no expectations because I knew nothing about this gym or I, like uh, the people that train there. I don't know any of it because it's all Instagram stuff, and it's just not not something I'm really interested in. Um, but I think a lot of it, other the other thing that comes with this is is recognizing how cool a place like Zero is because. Uh, people make these gyms like larger than life in their head. Like this mm. gym has to be amazing. Mm. It was kind of a shitty g- garage gym. Like at the end of the day, yeah, yeah, the equipment yeah. wasn't great. Very small. Like we've got it real good here. Mm. Like real good. But I don't know about you, but if I know someone's coming to the gym, I do it all the time. I, I put on a little bit of a show for them. Mm. I want to make them feel real. I always do it. I want to make them at home. I want to go talk to them, talk shit with them. I always do it no matter what. I'm like, hey, sweet, this guy's coming here. He's really excited to come here. Yeah, what's what? When I see a stranger in my house, I want to be like, who are you? Where'd you come mm. from? What are you doing <laughs> here? Like, no, no, I mean, like, genuinely. Yeah. Like, the, the people from America training today, I make an effort to go find out what they're up to, mm. what they're doing, if they're enjoying the place. Like, it's, that's how you make a place welcoming and, and enjoyable. Mm. Uh, the other gyms that we went to were giant. You know, we went to the Redcon 1 gym. We went to Destination Dallas. Besides the guy training in his underpants, <laughs> yeah. it, th- those gyms were both great. Yeah, like, they were awesome. And the Everyone people were friendly. real friendly and... Um, that what do you call that part of the? Is that the Midwest? Which state was it? Or, Texas. The, or the South? Texas. That's and the Nashville. South. The I South. Guess, yeah. Yeah. Like the, people in the South are so friendly. Everywhere we went, mm. someone's commenting on Daniel's shoes, giving him compliments, or saying, "What do you guys do? You look so jacked." Or saying, "My tattoos are cool." Mm. Runs so friendly everywhere in, in that part of the world, and like the the gyms were no exception. Like the people at the Redcon One gym were so cool. They just wanted to sit there and chat with us all day. So that's uh, sick. No, I like that. That's cool. But um, did you guys go to did you guys go to Alpha Land? Nah, nah. No, we were only in Houston for legit. Like Daniel picked me up in Houston, so I met him there at like one p.m. or two p.m. We went straight to the gym, straight to a barbecue place. Car broke down, and then we fixed that and drove off. We so Texas fix- barbecue lives up to its reputation. It did by the last time we went. Yeah, the yeah. one out of five places. Really? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. last place was worth all the duds on the way. Yeah. Did you do any eating contests when you were over there? No, 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 no. Much to my disappointment. <laughs> yeah. Tell you what, though, the thing that I am permanently stunned with with Daniel is his ability to scull soft drinks. Way too spicy no. for me. I have to sip them. He'll crack open a can. I look over, it's gone. I'm like, what the? Fuck? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Oh yeah, you can. I can scull too. We've spoken about this, eh? Yeah, but I'll wreck you. No, you um, will not. <laughs> Bridget, uh, that's a yeah. I've got a $1,000 in my laptop bag. I, I will bet $1,000 on Daniel right now. No, Bridget, you've you got to fucking, you got to stand up for me here. Yeah, no, I reckon you could. Well, I haven't seen Daniel. Well, I, I, scale, <laughs> I scale beers in about, what do you reckon, two seconds? Not, not yeah, even probably that? less than that. Yeah. Bro, I'll wreck you. No, you, oh my goodness. I've, I've seen a video of Daniel do three schooners. Are they schooners or pints? Uh, I don't. Three schooners in like less than 10 seconds. Yeah, I can do that. 
Right? Wow. It's like podcast on tour. That's yeah, I love being the under. Look, it looks like I'm the underdog. <laughs> Definitely the underdog. I like this. Oh, it's just the world against me. We, we lived on soft drink. Like I bought a gallon bottle of water and that's the only water that I drank. And I bought it, I bought it at the start and I threw half of it out at the end. Yeah, right. All yeah. I drank was diet soft drink. So much diet soft drink. Uh, we went through cases of it. We yeah, can't I, get it here. Yeah, what'd you have? Diet Dr. Pepper. Mm. Diet Dr. Pepper with cherry. Diet, um, diet Coke. Um, Coke Zero with cherry. Coke Zero, cherry. And Dr. Pepper cream soda. Yeah, Dr. Pepper cherry vanilla, maybe. That and was a goodie. Exciting ones that we found along the way. Yeah, yeah some nice. good, some not so good. We went to the Jack Daniels factory. Actually, I learned something. I'm not a, like I'm not a Jack Daniels guy. I'm not a, I'm not an alcohol guy. But he died because he kicked a safe and broke his toe and then got gangrene and had to lose his leg and then he died. This morning when I got angry at my washing machine, I was like, I'm going to fucking punch this washing machine. I'm like, I'll die. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't do it. <laughs> so Jack, Jack Daniels saved, saved my life. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, brother. I have a feeling we've got a little bit more technology in uh, uh, the medical uh, assistance might be a little bit better nowadays. Never so know. I think you're sweet. Yeah. Fun fact, the Jack Daniels factory town where the town is in, it's a dry county, so you can't buy alcohol in that town. Wow. What? Yeah. There's no bars or anything. Yep. That's why. So is it illegal there? It's not illegal. Uh, I think it's yeah. illegal to sell it. I don't know. They, But the way they get around it is like they have a gift shop and you can buy commemorative bottles in the gift shop and the bottles just happen to be full of alcohol. It that's so weird. It was yeah. weird how she explained it. She's like, yeah. yeah, so we're fixing to come into this room now. And in this room, you can have a taste of Jack Daniels. But remember, <laughs> we're dry county. Yeah. So it's commemorative. None of it made sense, but it was really cool just listening to her. Yeah. That's she just kept saying fixing and it made me so happy. Yeah. That's what and she y'all. like. Yeah. I love that. What else? What else you do? What else did we do? Mm. Six, Flags. Like, Six Flags was sick. Yeah, I went to Six Flags, but it was Halloween night, so it was a bit spooky for Thomas. Way too scary. <laughs> so we had to avoid all the spooky stuff. Spooky season. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Are you guys too jacked to go on the rides? Too heavy? We were it's shoulder, America. We were shoulder yeah. to shoulder <laughs> a lot. No, you think that, but we were we were stuck. Like You feel yeah. for big people in mm. those situations. Yeah. Daniel almost killed someone in line because a bunch of people cut in front of us. Yeah. <laughs> that was the angriest I saw him the whole trip. You know what's really weird about Six Flags that we didn't expect? It's like closed all the time. Yeah. It's like their main theme park. And it's like, if you look at the monthly calendar, like 30 days, it was like closed for like 25 of them. And it was only open this five days because it was like a Halloween special that night. It's a yeah. full theme park that just stays closed. Dude, it's so weird. Wow. Yeah. Have you, have you guys ever, you know when they do like River Fire or the New Year's Eve, like um, have you ever seen the F, the the jets, the fighter jets that go past? Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen one break the sound barrier? Yeah. That's pretty fast, right? Mm. Nothing I have seen in my life is faster than Daniel wanting to get to <laughs> IHOP on the day that we were flying home. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were, like, I just wanted IHOP the whole time we were there. Time was not of it. <laughs> but also, we had missed a plane that day, and I was not keen to miss my next flight back to Australia. Mm. But, yeah. How come you already missed a plane? That was a joke. So yeah. we we got separated, like, you know, families being displaced on these two buses. We were waiting for this shuttle to the airport from the like, car hire place. We got separated on two buses. So I got there first. I got my bag tag, all good to go. All I had to do was put my bags on the thing. And But we were flying on, like, the most budget of budget airlines, and we had bought, like, 100 kilos of snacks to bring back. 
Uh, so we had an extra bag, extra snacks, and we had to distribute it amongst all our bags to get the perfect weight. Mm. So I had to wait for Daniel. Daniel showed up, distributed the snacks, went to go check everything in. They're like, no, we can't put you on the flight. You're too late. Oh. Yeah. Like, mean, meanwhile, it was like, tried to do it on the digital one. And they were like, oh, it's not working. Go to the counter. So lined up in the counter. And then by the time we got to the lady at the front desk, she's like, flight's closed. I'm like, when did it close? And she's like, like five what? five minutes ago, yeah. one minute ago. And I was like, I was at your kiosk, like literally one minute ago. And she's like, too bad, so sad. Really? Yeah. 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 She's like, would you like me to book you another flight? I can put you on the next <laughs> one for X amount of dollars. Oh, did you not want to blow up? I would have blown up. Bro, she just didn't give, she just didn't care. Yeah. Like she did not care. And then I made the rookie error of forgetting that in America, it's like the, the domestic travel is like our international travel. We can't take liquids on. So I'd packed all this Hershey syrup and grape jelly and all liquid stuff in the carry-on bag. And so that all got thrown out. No. Oh. Yeah. So that was a disaster. Anyway, we got through to the other side, got to LA. And then we had like a two-hour window where we could get away from the airport and go to the like nearest IHOP for Daniel to get his pancakes before he flew home. And it was just like, we decided not to Uber. We decided to walk there instead. And he just took off. I was like walking as fast as I can. He was just breaking. <laughs> just disappearing into the distance, getting smaller and smaller. What other, um, cause I, I'm only familiar with IHOP because of movies and like some fitness YouTubers used to always eat there. Can you remember Beast Mode Jones? No. Chris Jones on YouTube. He was like one of the first fitness guys I'd watch when I was like 20 years old. And he used to always go to IHOP and get like the, is it called like griddle? Something griddle? Mm, McDonald's do a griddle. Like McDonald's a McGriddle do a McGriddle thing. Nah, maybe thing, I've yeah. got it wrong. But um, like you get the hash and the- Yeah, yeah. You kind of just build your own breakfast. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what's the appeal? Why was it so good? I don't know. It's just like, I, breakfast is my favorite meal to go out for, but it's the only meal I can't justify going out for. Cause it's like, you go out for breakfast, you're so psyched for it. And then I just order the same stuff and make it home every <laughs> single morning. But I'm in America, so I can't make it at home. And it's, yeah, it's just like normal, really crappy breakfast food, but it's so good. I love that. So it's good. real cheap. And w which was a delight because we did, we did eat at home a lot. We stayed in Airbnbs and I cooked a bit. And um, anytime we went out, if the food wasn't mind blowing, when you do the calculation of how much you just spent, you're like, I just spent like $100 on a really disappointing meal. Because oh, the, the exchange rate is so bad at the moment. Yeah, do not travel anywhere at the moment. Yeah. Oh, Every go, everything is so expensive. What other um, food places did you guys go to? Rattle some off. We tried Chick-fil-A for the first... Had you had Chick-fil-A? No, never. We tried Chick-fil-A for the first time. And that's only in the South? Chick-fil-A? No, I, I got it everywhere. in the Midwest. Oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. I thought it was really overrated. Yeah, I think mm. it, I think a lot of these places started in places like that, but they're kind of everywhere now. Like yeah. You can find in and out in most American places. Did you go now. to Popeye's and get the Popeye's chicken burger? Still ha I've never had Popeye's still. <sighs> it's the yeah. best. People were like literally like fighting each other in line over these burgers. <laughs> Did someone get killed over it? it? Yeah. 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 I went to like six Popeyes when I was there and you'd walk in the door and like as soon as I walked in, one chick was like, We don't have any sandwiches. <laughs> Before you like, even okay. said anything. <laughs> Far so just to clarify it, if a burger has got chicken, they call it a sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Chicken sandwich. And if it's got yeah. well, if it's I'm, got I'm, beef. Glad, I'm glad they call it a chicken sandwich. <laughs> if it's got beef, it's a burger. If it's got chicken, it's a sandwich, I think. Well, I think anything sandwich. between bread is a sandwich unless it's got a burger patty like yeah. mince then and it's then, then it's burger. Yeah, mm. what what if it's got fish sandwich? Sandwich. Fish sandwich. Yeah. Yeah, right. Any other fast food chains? In and out. I went to In and Out. You had In and Out. Was it really good? 
Have I, you not had it? No. Oh, I, think I think it's, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. Well, yeah. I thought that was only in Los Angeles. I yeah. thought it was only in California. It's yeah. the thing. Like, I think they all start in those sort of places and yeah. they just pop up uh. everywhere. Yeah. I had Shake Shack for the first time before I met up with Daniel. That was pretty good. I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're kind of just shitty fast food places. Well, that's whatever, like, we all, because we see it on the internet, we see it on TV, and then whenever I see people go to them, they're like, oh, Betty's Burgers is better. Mm. Like, uh, you'd, you'd much rather go to a, a barbecue place like we went to in, in Dallas at the end than you would go to, like, an IHOP. Yeah, right. There's a novelty to it. There's still a lot of the chains that I haven't tried, like Olive Garden and... Um, Olive Garden's good. What's the other one? Uh, why like is Arby's or me? something. I haven't had Arby's. The other um, like family, no, nah, the other family restaurant, Applebee's. Oh, Applebee's. Applebee's, yeah. Applebee's is terrible. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're all terrible. Like ob- objectively, they're all kind of terrible, but they're just institutions that you have to try at some point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, but there's something so. Um, for me, there's something. I'm not trying to say my mum and dad are really good cooks, but there's something so nostalgic about like average food that like kind of makes you feel good like you know american lollies kind of taste like plastic but you really enjoy it like this tastes like shit but i really <laughs> like it it's good until you've just walked an hour and then you stand in the sun for 45 minutes and then daniel gets the equivalent of what was it a chicken fillet burger from kfc with this oh, super yeah. super hyped up chicken place oh so dirty this i had a great meal daniel had a really <laughs> bad meal. This place called like hattie b's or something it's in tennessee and everyone raves about it and stuff fuck we laid it lined up there for ages and it was just kfc <laughs> oh. uh, it legit was just fried chicken It was literally a Zinger burger <laughs> And it was If you had walked in and got it Like straight up without waiting You'd probably been like Yeah this was alright But because we A we skipped it the night before mm. Because the line was too long Then we walked past one On the way to this one We're like We're not waiting in that The line's way too long Then we got to this one We're like okay We'll commit to the line and It was like 40 minutes in the sun With this over enthusiastic American guy Chewing our ear off about powerlifting in florida for ages then we finally got it and we're like this is it <laughs> Yeah, but it's just mon- and it was like 90 bucks australian yeah. at the end of it which is crazy because all these places just like have a f- constant line like out the door and around the corner just 24 7 which is well, whatever they're opening hours are but it's just like this constant line out the door yeah it's crazy the, the hype is is wild yeah i got instant karma though because i walked away from that meal being like I'm kind of smug. I actually really liked that. And then we went to a breakfast place the next day and I got the worst meal imaginable and Daniel got the best meal imaginable. <laughs> yeah, you suck it. What did you guys have? We just went to this like, it's super famous. You probably know. What was, do you remember what it was called? Nah. Something's Biscuits. Nah, I didn't. Just out of Memphis and heaps yeah. of like superstar country people have been there. Yeah. And it's just famous for these these biscuits. Did you have biscuits and gravy when you were there? This is the best. We had biscuits, but not like a formal biscuits and gravy. We had yeah. biscuits and then the meal came with gravy, but we yeah. didn't have, yeah. So um, a biscuit's just like a McMuffin, it's like isn't a scone. It? It's a scone. It's like a scone. Yeah. yeah. And then it comes with like sausage gravy. It's the best. Mm. It's, it's not the best. It's delicious. We, he, so doesn't like, country he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand because they didn't have real gravy. He hasn't oh, experienced oh, real okay. gravy yet. They literally like pride themselves on their biscuits and gravy. It what was the gravy? It like? wasn't real gravy. It was like white sauce. Yeah. It hadn't been made with like proper drippings where it has the flavor like infused. Uh. <laughs> I tried to explain that. I was, I was like, I was really hoping it would be the kind of gravy that I've experienced from American cooking so he could experience it because Daniel's got this firm belief that their gravy sucks. It's and gross. it did suck. No, it's so but good. But it's good if you get good stuff. So I'm with Bridget. I don't know. I, I don't trust your <laughs> opinions on things. I stand with Bridget on this one. 
But yeah, it's like everything there. It's like uh, five stars with like 10,000 reviews on Google. And then their gravy sucks. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Unlucky. Yeah. Mm. I held a gator. That was the highlight of my trip. <laughs> I was about to say, it sounds like you guys just went on a food tour. Yeah. yeah. We did. That's the best. We ate a lot. Yeah. We ate a lot. I made some burgers that ended up being really good. I didn't think they were going to come out that good. What, you made them? Yeah, Daniel wanted burgers, and I was like, "I'll just make you some burgers." Yeah, his cooking was probably the highlight. Of the, trip. <laughs> 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 the uh, shitty American ingredients. I just yeah, I'd give you five stars on Google. Nice, yeah. Yeah. good. Yelp me, baby. <laughs> Anything else? Any other highlights of um, the USA? I went to Post Malone. Did you go with him, Thomas? Oh, yeah. Nah. So I. I don't really know Post Malone's music, so I got Daniel to indoctrinate me on, on his music. And I was like, I could go listen to this guy for a couple of hours. And then I saw the prices and I'm like, it's probably not worth me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's crazy expensive just because of the exchange rate again. But yeah, it was cool. It's really good. I've seen him in Australia before, but he was really good. He's just like a performer. And he did something really cool at the end. So like, Lights came on, everybody left. The whole stadium was like emptying out. You know what it's like when a concert ends. But then usually like the singer or whatever walks off stage. The dude was just sitting on the edge of the stage and like everyone that was in the mosh pit was just like talking to him and he was just like hanging out with people. That's sick. And just wow. like the whole stadium is pretty much empty and he's just sitting there hanging out. Security's like trying to like usher him along to hurry up and he's just like, no, 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 I'm cool. And he's just like signing things and talking to people and just hanging out. What a mad dog. Yeah. Well, how do people in America survive? Like, if everything's so expensive. And then they earn fuck all over there as well, eh? Mm. I mean, they're not getting hit with the exchange, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 so that's the difference. Because if, if our money was dollar for dollar, we would have lived it up. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not not crazy expensive. It's just, we are, both Daniel and I are used to going over there where our dollar's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And you can live it up a bit more. Uh, and it was it's just painful. Like, Daniel kept saying this and 100% agree. It's painful going to a place, knowing what you've spent before to go to a place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, like... Because when we used to fly before like 2019, you could get return flights to America for under a grand or around a grand. Yeah, I think I paid, last time I went, I think I paid like $1,000. Yeah. I got the exactly the same flight this time and it cost me 2600 and oh it was the God. cheapest flight you could get. Mm. Yeah, that's Just fun. things like that. Like, it's painful. Yeah, things like that like um, make, kills the vibes a little. Yeah, and everywhere, everywhere international travel and just tourism in general is so expensive at the moment. Like I got smashed with it in the UK as well. It's just, it, it just makes things that if they're not perfect, it's just like, oh, I'm spending so much money on mm. this. Yeah. It's like, if you go to Macca's and you're like, oh, I'm going to buy a meal and it's $10. You're like, okay, cool. I enjoyed that meal. Now picture going to the same restaurant and now you're paying $25 for the exact same thing. You're going to be like, I hate this thing now. Mm. Mm. That's sort of the difference. We had, um, what are they called? Baynets. Yeah, be, uh, beignet. Beignets. What's that? You're French. You should know this. No. <laughs> oh, it's like Cafe Dumont. It's like a French delicacy. Yeah, French like donut. a pastry. Yeah, it's like a French donut. It's basically a donut with icing sugar. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, there's three for ages. super famous um, cafe in, in New Orleans. So we had those. That was cool. Delicious? Yeah, it was so good. Mm. Yeah. They were actually worth the wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we saw Longhorns. That was one of my highlights. I really have always wanted to see a Longhorn. Are they only in Texas as well? I don't actually know. I, I know, know Texas is famous I, for them. Yeah, I think they're allowed to travel. Border patrol, probably no restrictions. <laughs> nah, I just I'm just wanting to know why like every Texas sports team like their logos are a Longhorn, and there's a team called the Longhorns. We went to the shop in um, 
at where those stockyards were, where they had like these crazy ornate like Western style beds and tables and it doesn't sound very exciting, but I could have stayed in that shop all day. And they were <laughs> yeah. all like 20 grand for a bed on wild prices. Yeah. I was like going to a weird antique store, but everything was brand new and just like so strange. Basically yeah. imagine what Joe Rogan would deck his house out with. Oh yeah. That's mad. Yeah. And just, it was, everything was so expensive. It was a rhino head for $11,000. But I didn't even think it was a real rhino head. I no. think it was like a rhino <laughs> head. It was like rhino head replica and it was like $12,000 or whatever it was. It was crazy. Yeah, that's, that's sick. Sick. I don't know how we didn't spend all the APL's money at that place. <laughs> yeah, we should have. <laughs> the camera turns as a rhino head. CJ, <laughs> 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 cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> a- APL Worlds. In the background, there's a rhino head. <laughs> oh, APL Worlds. All right. Well, this is fixing to be a long episode, so we better segue into our worlds. Mm-hmm. We can go over an hour. It doesn't matter. Um, we had our worlds on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you guys think? Sensational. I'm really sad I missed the Sunday. Yeah, Bridget got sick as well. Yeah, I got sick, so I had to leave Saturday afternoon. But no, it was awesome. It was really cool to have um, some international lifters at a comp. I've never experienced that before, so that was amazing. All the Americans. Strange seeing the accent. Like you see an American accent every now and again, yeah. you know, but like having a bunch of them in the in the one place. I got mm. so excited when I met Andrea because the Southern accent is my favorite. And yeah, so to hear an Alabama accent in person, that was really cool. Yeah. yeah. She has a weapon as yeah, well. Yeah, she's amazing. This Oof. must, yeah. And this must have been the first, I could be wrong, but this must have been the first international powerlifting comp we've had in Australia in like three or four years since COVID. Well, the only, so... Unless you count Pro Raw as an international comp, where really it's an Australian comp where sometimes international people come and very rarely at that. There was 2014 GPA Worlds where hardly any international people came besides the people that Wayne flew out back then. I'm pretty sure, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure the only international comp before that, or sorry, only Worlds before that in Australia was in 1980. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. So we've had Oceanias and Asia Pacific champs in Australia mm-hmm. through, through PA, um, but the only world champs have been the 2014 and then back in 1980 and then else. Yeah. Dang. I'd count Pro Raw for sure. Yeah. But I mean, there hasn't, besides the one this year, there was no international lifters there, maybe people from New Zealand. But I mean, Pro Raw hasn't been on for like three years. Mm. So in terms of like people traveling to Australia for powerlifting, this would be the first time in three years or so. Yeah. It's pretty Very cool. Very cool. Well, First, let's start with how all our lifters went. Mm-hmm. Who did you have, Bridget? I had Paris and Sue Harris. Nice. And Paris was awesome. Same as every other comp. She did um, a fourth attempt grind <laughs> on her deadlift. <laughs> and she set a world record this time. Nice. So, yeah, she's got the junior world record in the under 56 kilo weight class. What did she pull? 135. So she her old record was 130. The world record was 130.5. So she went for 131, got it, and then went for a fourth attempt and got 135. Nice. Yeah. yeah. She's getting very close to a triple bodyweight deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Oh, I didn't wow. realise crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. she was that light. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. 54 kilos. Tiny. <laughs> he wants to come hang out. But he's um, just barking. How did Sue go? Um, Sue went amazing. She went eight for nine. She PB'd her squat and she broke uh, the national record for the mm. Masters... Uh, under 67s, 55 to 59. Uh, she got 115 on her squat and then she equal PB'd her bench, 57.5. And then she PB'd her deadlift. She got 132.5. Nice. 
Nice. Yeah, she did amazing. She was so happy. Yeah, she had an awesome yeah, day. Yeah, she had lots of fun. She was really nervous at the beginning, but yeah, she calmed down and I said, look, you're not going to be at Worlds again, so just have a good time. She did. Yeah, yeah. she nailed it. Yeah. James, who'd you look after? Um, I've got a, we got some time, eh? Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> just keep going until we're done. Yeah, cool. Um, I, got, I had a few lifters. I had David Wilcock competing in the... In the Masters under 110 kilo class, um, which was actually a really fun battle to watch, the Masters under 110s. Well, not even just Masters, but that like specific age category, 60 to 64. Yeah. We had people, um, so Dave Sinclair, who works out a Nexus performance, he stayed around the whole day and watched it because he was fuck. He couldn't believe the Masters. <laughs> he, it was actually really enjoyable to watch. Like, yeah, um, those three dudes were awesome. Yeah. So it was such a cool battle. And um, David, he had the best comp he's ever had. So we went we went into squats. He's had some trouble with his walkout. And he's had a little bit of trouble with his depth as well. Uh, we opened on 190, which is a competition PB for him, uh, which is crazy because that's his opener now. When he hit that as like a third attempt at his last comp. Uh, second attempt, sorry. And our second attempt was 202.5, which is a PB for David. So these are, these are numbers he hasn't hit before as well. Mm-hmm. So he was a little bit... Uh, you know, he's a little bit concerned. He's a bit of a stress head as well. Um, so really? him hitting... <laughs> so him hitting 202.5, so it's a PB on a second attempt. Mm-hmm. I was so proud of him. He unfortunately got called for depth. Uh, so he got two reds, one white. Um, but it moved so easy. I just had to confirm with Thomas. I was like, I'm still going to go up. And Thomas was like, yeah, it's a good idea. So he loaded 207.5 for his third attempt, which he got uh, three white lights for. Yay. And that kept us in the race for you know so we're only five kgs away from second place um so i didn't know what we're going to make up on bench because i you know it was really close uh michael how do i say his last name he was a little bit ahead and um he was a little bit too far ahead on squats for us to make any ground on him but second attempts i mean uh we went into bench darvin sims who was in second who was five gauges ahead he opened quite heavy he opened at 127.5 and he eventually he only made his opener so all i wanted from david was to go three for three and to make up some ground again so we we're still only 7.5 kilos behind going into deadlifts uh so david went three for three pb'd on his second attempt and on his third attempt Amazing. which was nuts nice. um so going into deads we had to pull something big uh, so we went two for two, opener in second, easy second attempt at 220. And I said to him, bro, we, we're going for it. We're going for second place and a world record. So we loaded 252.5 on the bar, which was a 32.5 kilo jump. Everyone thought it was stupid. It was. Uh, <laughs> it's a casual 15%. Yeah. But, you know, I said, David, it's worlds. Do you want to fucking, do you want to get a, you know, a bigger total by 10 kilos? It's world. Do you want to try pull for something? Mm. Like, let's set a big total at a local competition. But, you know, it's worlds. How often are you going to compete at worlds? Do you want to win? That's the only competition I feel like you want to go out there and, you know, you want to win. You want to. Yeah, you want to make it exciting. Mm-hmm. So, we pulled for the world record and for second place. He unfortunately only got it to his knees, but it was a real gutsy attempt. Um, and then the world record deadlift got broken like three times in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the old boys went back and forth there. It was so into, cool to watch into fourth attempts as well. And it was nutsing Darwin Sims. So he pulled, I think, two sixty for the world record in the Masters sixty to sixty four category, whatever it is. Two fifty one, maybe. I don't. I can't remember. But it was so cool just watching him getting g'd up. The crowd was going nuts. And do you see the way he was like stalking the bar, like from the warm-up room which was crazy um so that was a really cool performance from david um who else did i have lem shanty sorry i'm gonna go i'm gonna go for about five minutes here if that's all good 
Riff uh, it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Liam Shanty, unfortunately, our first competition at uh, APL Nationals didn't go according to plan. We went four for nine. I don't think I've ever had a lifter do so bad in a competition. He <laughs> he almost weighed in underneath the weight class, so he weighed in at fifty six point four that competition. Uh, had had the worst meet ever, and that was our first experience as a, like a team uh, working together. So you know we had to change a few things. He manages nutrition a lot better. Um, it's crazy how much four kilos on a person at that weight makes them look so much bigger. Mm, yeah, like he looks twice the size. He as looks he. jacked now. Yeah. People always mm. say like, "Is Lim getting bigger?" I'm like, "Yeah, he's literally yeah. put on like three or four kilos." Mm-hmm. He looks good. Hazard as well. Yeah, like, I know Hazard didn't do this comp, but Hazard's looking huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's looking a lot bigger. Hazard's got really good pecs, so he yeah. looks bigger yeah. as well. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Lim. Uh, I said, I said, bro, we need to we need to rectify this four four for nine performance. And there was, I had some pushback from him with his openers. He loves opening heavy. And I'm like, nah, bro, we're not going fucking four for nine again. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we opened really light. Uh, we ended up going eight for nine. The only reason we didn't go nine for nine is because he wanted that 220 kilo deadlift for his mm-hmm. uh, ninth for his final deadlift. Um, so I'm really proud of him. Eight for nine, best comp, 472.5 kilo total. Uh, pretty much got all white lights. You got, how many white lights is that? Nine, eighteen, mm. twenty, twenty-four white lights, except for his last one, obviously. So he had a really good comp. Really proud of him. And then um, this is a pretty cool story. Matt Rodwell, who I coach, he reached out about ten weeks ago mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, I need some help with coaching and programming, whatever." I was like, "Sweet, this is the plan. This is the expectations. Um, if you want coaching, this is how it works." And he was so good, really, really coachable. We communicated a lot. Um, Throughout his whole prep, he'd call me with attempt selections and things like that during his prep. It was so fun to work with. And then on the day, um, yeah, I think, fuck, we just worked so well together. He's, I've never met someone that just says, whatever you do, do it. Attempt selection, anything. Mm. And um, he's such a confident lifter as well for a 24-year-old. So he went three for three on squats, PB to squat. No, did he PB to squat? It wasn't a PB, but it's his first time going three for three on squats. Uh, two for two, sorry. Um, so he scratched his third attempt just because, you know, his second attempt was a little bit hard, cramped up in his back a little bit. I said, nah, we'll scratch it. We're only going to make up probably 2.5 kilos on that anyway. Mm. Um, second, uh, then we went into bench, uh, went three for three on bench. Um, so at the stage, he hadn't missed the lift. P beat his bench as well, 170 kilos. And then we went into deadlifts. Uh, went three for three as well, and he wanted two eighty five for his third. And I said, "No, nah, let's load two ninety mm-hmm. and he pulled it pretty pretty easily as nice. well. All three of his final lifts were were pretty decent. Like mm. the, the squat was a bit hard, but his bench and deadlift would look like at least second attempts. You know? I'm getting I'm getting better at like coaching's a real art, and I feel like I'm getting better at game day coaching mm. the more I coach. So my attempt selections are a lot smarter. Mm. I'm like, cool. I've uh, some people don't like this mentality, but I'm, I'm always like, all right, let's go nine for nine squats and bench. And then deadlift, that's where you pull to win kind of thing. So mm. do what you need to do there. Um, and it gives the lifter a whole lot of confidence not missing lift heading into deadlifts as well. So when Matt pulled 290, that uh, that set the Australian total record, bench record, deadlift record. And he won overall, classic overall for males as well. Mm. So he had the best meat he's ever had. Put like 40 kilos on his total. It was sick. And really, really good performance. So the plan was with Matt was I was only going to coach him for 10 weeks. And I was with Bridget yesterday, actually, and I got a really nice phone call from him. It actually made me real emotional at the time. Um, I'll get emotional now, too. Um, 
I mean, he's he's been a big supporter of APL from the beginning. Like he's he's been doing APL for a, since since John started it pretty much, uh, and he's built a huge team. Like they've got a big team down at, at base camp where he's at, and he brought heaps of them up as well. So he was mm. coaching all weekend too. Good people, really good people. Yeah. So he gave me a call yesterday and said, "I want to fucking keep getting coached." I was like, "Let's do it." Awesome. Mm. So good. And then I handled Grant for Jordan Hallier. Uh, we had a little bit of a blunder on his opener. I've never had, I've never done that. We're we're still in the warm up room when his opener was happening. The short flight really threw me off. Yeah. And he threw his toys. I've never seen Grant angry before. And he threw his fucking toys, throwing his shit around. And he's like, I was like, bro, I've said this before to lifters. Like, now it's your time to show how mature you are as a lifter. Mm. And, you know, usually you get a good response. He goes, I don't fucking have any, James. <laughs> I was like, Whoa. I was like, nah, let's just treat your next one as your opener. We're going to bump it up a little bit. And as soon as he did a second attempt, so we went two for two from squats. We had to, so essentially increase his opener a little bit. And I was like, now you've got more room to play with. You've got more energy. Yeah. And after that, he was just in the best mood. Yeah, yeah, he had a good day after that, right? Yeah, he had a good day. Still had a total PB. Deadlift PB. Um, his third deadlift was a little bit shonky, which is pretty <laughs> funny. Um, I changed his grip on the day. Uh, I, a little I, bit wider. I probably shouldn't do that because he's not my client. He's Jordan Halley's client. But he does the thing where everybody who sucks at grip, where they overgrip the bar. Oh, yeah. And I just told him, don't fucking put it so deep in your hands. Just grab it and pick it up. Stop mm. making a big deal about it, you big baby. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it and went through for three and deads. Nice. Mm. Um, Becky? Becky, yep. So myself and Bridget have been doing her programming. Um, she had a really good meet. It's not. She's got very high expectations of herself, but she yeah. did. She go nine for nine. She did really well, regardless. Yeah. Mm. I think she went nine for nine. Um, I can't remember. It was such a big weekend, but she had a really good meet. Um, and she took out some masters. I think she got a one fifty squat. Mm. I can't remember her bench. I'm not sure. There's a lot Sorry. of lifters. Yeah. I'm yeah. Okay. yeah. yeah. I'm, um, not, I'm not going to go through numbers of my mm, lifters. I'm just going to yeah. say all my lifters had a really good weekend and I'm proud of them all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. I, I'm going on. I've been rattling on for ages. Yeah. Daniel? Yeah. I had um, six or seven lifters across the weekend. I mean, some did good. Some did not as good as they could have. But um, overall, everyone did really well. There's a couple of standout moments. Um, Vanessa got the uh, deadlift world record. Lauren pulled the open world record for females so that was mm, that was really cool, cool. Yeah, nice. she wanted it so bad she's such fuck she's such an intense lifter yeah and like um she just gets like in the zone in the zone and there's a guy from south side his name's steve and he just loves to fire people up <laughs> yeah so he's just like <laughs> comes over he's like mate i've fired her up she's ready to go i look over she's like fucking pacing and shit. <laughs> she's about to walk out for a deadlift she leans into like headbutt steve and i'm like what the fuck is going on she comes into like headbutt me i'm like well, all right we're on she goes for it pulls it and then um she got it for a second it was really cool and then i was like man she wanted that so bad i don't know if she can bump it up to like sort of like you know when like you've gone you've got it it's kind of like goal achieved i thought like oh yeah. goal achieved. there's no way she's going to come back and do more for her third she got even more fired up more energy <laughs> fucking like literally nearly headbutted me and steve and then was just like went out and got it um bumped it up even higher for a world record so that was really cool um she wanted it so bad and yeah she's just a savage um the other cool moment was I had a guy in the 82s, his name's Harry, he trains out of Southside. He's a weapon, by the way. Unexpectedly strong. He just, every comp, he just gets better, 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 better. Such a good guy. Um, he's intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> he's a scary <laughs> guy on comp day. I, I don't know if I've ever met him properly. Yeah. Super nice guy. So he's I've, awesome. I've yeah. only seen him on comp day and in comp mode, he's like, mm, 
Yeah. Oh, well, don't mess with this. <laughs> yeah. So, well, his second attempt deadlift, um, second attempt deadlift put him into first place against Khan's guy. And this is where it was good. Second attempt put him above Khan's guy. I can't remember his name. Sorry. Tyler Pittman. Is that who it was? Yeah. yeah. Pittaway, yeah. And then oh, um, yeah, put him in first place. And then Harry was already winning. And I was like, look, we're going to go for your third. If you get it, we'll bump the we'll bump your third down a little. Just get it. It'll solidify your first place. You're golden. He goes out and he misses it. And then Khan just walks over, puts up the tiniest bit extra so that he would have beaten Harry. Khan walks out so fucking smug. If anyone knows what Khan's like, he thought he was the king. Comes out with his phone, looks over at me, gives me a wink like this. I'm like, you can get fucked. He goes, he's, uh, Tyler goes to pull it, drops it. I look back at Khan, give him that same little wink and Harry won first place and Khan lost. Nice. So, I like how Tyler didn't lose, Khan lost. Yeah. Khan lost. yeah. So that was the highlight of my weekend, Khan losing. <laughs> Very good. I had um, I had also had uh, it was pretty cool. I wrapped up about a million knees in the weekend as well. Yeah, and I like, I know I get a little kick out of it. People being like, "Hey, can you wrap my knees?" I heard you're really good. I'm like, "Fuck, that's sick." Because I remember like four years ago in here, people would laugh when I because when I was trying to learn how to wrap yeah, knees because yeah. no one could wrap knees. Yeah, I was like, I feel sorry for Thomas. Is the only one fucking wrapping knees? I'm going to learn how to wrap knees. Mm. Be like, ah, James isn't wraps like knee sleeves. I'm like, ah. So it was really cool. Like you showed them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I showed the haters wrong. That's right. And now it's your job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I hate it. <laughs> and I wish I went back to that. So I got to rap uh, all Nino's attempts. Yep. He's the man too. Nino's so cool. It's one of my favorite moments from the um, from the comp when he did he pull for the win. I think so. Three fifteen. I don't know if he had to pull for the win or if he was just winning. Mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's yeah. so strong, by the way. Yeah, he's very strong. And such a cool dude. And we had like a cool celebration and yeah, it was just a cool moment. Um, I got to wrap Lakeisha's knees. Yep. I've never met someone who uses three different knee wraps <laughs> for each attempt. So yeah. she's like, these are, these are my ones for my first attempt. These are my ones for my second. And I was really? like, this is crazy, but yeah. And even when I was wrapping her knees, like, you know, Americans are so loud and uh, charismatic. She's like, yeah, yep. Yeah. That's the one. Oh, baby. That's it. Oh, yeah. He can really crank them. And like just the shit she was saying. I was like, fuck, this is so sick. Their crew in general was pretty, pretty boisterous. Mm. But yeah, no, it was, it was really cool to see. Um, so I had, I had Sandy and Sue competing on, on separate days to each other. And it was really cool to see them helping each other out in the warm up. Like we're really supporting each other in the warm up room. Cause you know, Daniel and I were overseeing the comp. You guys were busy most of the time. Like we're all very busy, um, and it, it's it's hard to hold hold hands of a lifter when you're trying to oversee everything at the same time. So, like a lot of the times, we would be passing the mic between each other so we could quickly wrap someone's knees. So, uh, Sandy and Sue both had amazing comps, and they did really well to support each other in their warm ups and looking after each other. And uh, all our all our zero people sort of did that across the weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, like um, everyone looked after each other really well, and the whole team ran a great show. Like. CJ put on the um, the live feed. I think that's probably one of the things that we got the most positive comments about oh, is the, the camera switching. Everyone loved the camera mm. switching, so we did a great job there. Um, a couple of things we could improve on with everything, uh, but I think we did an amazing job across the board. It was cool to hear from the Americans that a lot of them said that's the best comp they've ever been to. It's the most well-run comp they've ever been to, and they'd all always said the same thing. They're like, I don't, why are your comps so fast? Well, it's because... so. Over there, when they run big meets like this, they do four flights at a time, mm -hmm. and we split it up and do the two sessions. 
and the the American executive guys, I drove them to the airport the other day. They were saying that they're going to switch their comps to that. And at first, when they heard that they, we were doing it, they're like, "Oh, we don't really like that that much." And yeah, now they're, they're all like, "Talk us out of it." Yeah, now they're like, "Oh, all the lifters love it, actually." So they're going to do that. Yeah, learn from. <laughs> yeah. They were like, "Oh no, we want those big breaks so they can hydrate and have a good time." And it's like, "Yeah, but then they're lifting for like nine hours straight. It's horrible." Mm. And then yeah, well, well, well. <laughs> How the turntables? <laughs> I really liked um Steve and Mike. Yeah, yeah. they're cool dudes. Really yeah. cool dudes. Very chill. I like how they go and talk to a lot of the lifters as well. Yeah. And just comment, like, you know, give them props and things love, like that. Love a chat. Mm, really yeah, no, good dudes. A very friendly competition all, all together. It was, we did a way better job than Nationals. Like, it was just... It was unreal. So much less stressful not having everyone packed into that little warm-up room as well. Yeah. But yeah, the warm up waiting area out the back was a great idea. The warm-up yeah. area was way better as well this time. Mm-hmm. Like the platforms in the warm-up area, mm-hmm. how the mats or, and the combos couldn't move. Uh, the waiting area for the lifters was yeah. really cool. That was a really cool idea. And having the camera like on the chalk bowl so you could see them getting in the zone and mm-hmm. things like that, getting their knees wrapped. I thought that was, it was such a cool touch to it as well. Mm. Sweet. Yeah, coming off the back end of that, now we've got drug-tested nationals next year. Next year? Yeah, next, mm. next year. Yeah, yeah next, next year. year. Far mm. out, my sprout. And then, um, yes, yeah, so that's going to be in Brisbane next year. Different venue altogether. So it's going to be more of like a theatre type venue. Um, Sick. It's, it's pretty cool. so cool. Yeah. Lights, fireworks. Um, tigers. Tigers. <laughs> tigers. <laughs> yeah. Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, so look out for that. That should be really cool. That's in June 17, 18, 19. Same dates as last year, actually. There's, it's a smaller space, so the atmosphere is going to be wild. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Well, that, uh, that's what I really liked about um, the Americans. The I've got to stop calling them the Americans. But Steve and Mike were going on about how like into it the crowd were as well. Mm. They're like, yeah, you guys, you guys do it good. It's just cool. Steve and Mike are the president and the vice president of USPA and IPL. So USPA is APL's equivalent over in America. Mm. They're the top dogs, uh, which is interesting because I was telling them. Um, we were a little bit sad about the atmosphere because it was so much bigger at nationals. Mm. Oh, fuck, shout out to you though, like getting the... The crowd hyped up, yeah. yeah those were sick. Steve Everyone so loved that. Steve, Steve said the same thing to me about 50 times, eh? He's like, what you do, we're going to bring this flavor over to the USA. <laughs> and I'm like, that's sick. You already told me that. Uh, <laughs> can't bring a Henny flavor, it's unique. Mm, yeah. For $2,600, you can. <laughs> One of a kind. No, it was cool. It was really cool. Yeah, just... um, I think that's probably the most I've gotten to emceeing as well. So it just made it fun for everyone. It made it fun for the lifters. And some lifters, you know, you can get them fucking G'd up like that as well. But mm. sometimes I'd go out the back and be like, hey, do you want some crowd work for your lifts? And I know yeah. the Americans, they froth it. So they're like, hell yeah. yeah. Um, no, nah, so it's just a really, it was a really fun, it was just, like I said to, I've said it to you guys. I'm a little bit sad it's all over. Yeah. I I feel sorry for Eric Rodgick because this is the first time he's competed at one of our comps where he hasn't got like a, a feature because mm. he didn't do his third deadlift because he didn't have the great henny handling. Yeah. <laughs> Eric, you got to learn from your mistakes, brother. Yeah, he tried to fucking mix it up. Did How do you get one of your best mates to handle you? <laughs> <laughs> Jump from like 300 to 330 for his last year. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, did he, he went 285, 300, 330? Yeah. Mm. Something crazy mm. like that. But if anyone can do something like that, it's Eric. Yeah. I think the thing was that there wasn't as much on the line. Like every mm. other time it's been like for a win or for – the first one was for 300 or whatever. It's like a milestone. 
Whereas this one was just a third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to have more on the line to bring out the the, the true beast in there. <laughs> Any other highlights from the comp? I've got about a million. Kale Rouston, his third deadlift. Yeah. I really wish he had oh, got that. Oh, cool. that was a battle. Yeah. I wish he had got that. What was it? 340? 340. And then he just lost his balance at the yeah. top. It would have been yeah, for the I win. Yeah, I wanted him to have that. Yeah. yeah. Against, yeah, yeah two like, of the guys from overseas. It was mm. Ollie Meadows and I forgot the name of the dude from Power Builder Gym. Yeah. The other Team USA guy? Mm. Yeah, I can't remember. There were some freaks. Uh, Andrea Armstrong from yeah. Alabama. Mm-hmm. She's an electrician, by the way. Steph Hansen really? as well. Yeah. Yeah, Steph Hansen. Mm. I just love, oh, I'll go, Andrea, I love her energy. Yeah. Like the way she steers into the crowd after a lift. Yeah. Like, fuck. Well, she won the juniors and the opens. Mm. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. Insane. I want to see, um, we were talking before, I want to see Bianca getting sleeves and mm. go head to head with her. I think she's getting in sleeves now. She said she's going to see what she can pull in sleeves. Mm. Yeah, uh, switch to raw. Because that'll be cool watching them go head to head again at Worlds next year. Mm. Which will be nuts. Bianca's getting really good at competing. Yeah. yeah. She's just an all-round weapon. Like, she's always been strong, but for, for a while there, she had a hard time competing. Like, you know, had that, it bombed a bench at a comp and then took a while to shake that funk. And at the beginning, she'd have a, quite a few missed attempts here and there. And now she's like getting good at the competition environment and really turning it on. And her lifting was awesome on the weekend. Yeah. What a pleasant person to be around as so well. So good. Mm-hmm. So lovely. So good. I think she's the number one tested lifter in Australia. Mm. Yep. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And so humble. Mm. Very humble. What else did I like? I liked um I liked doing the little wee, uh post match interviews. That yeah. was cool. That was, that a cool was fun flavor cool as touch. well. It was just like it was spare of the moment. I was like, fuck it's worlds. CJ, mm. can you film this? Yeah. Mm. Thomas, can I do this? Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. Um <clears throat> another highlight. Stephanie Hansen, mm. big deadlifter. Yeah. Two thirty, or she attempted two thirty for her Was she the one that bombed? Did she bomb? Or no, was it the she other didn't one? bomb. No. Because it was the other the other woman with a massive deadlift that bombed on bench. She was yeah. really strong. Mm. I don't know if they were all on the same day. What else is nuts? Eric Peterson, 50-year-old bloke. He was cool. He came up to me and said, Henny. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, I listened to you guys on the podcast. <laughs> oh, really? And I was like, I just didn't know what to say because I was like, that's nuts. Wow. Was he the guy that was slapping himself? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was cool. And he, he, was, had the, he had the last lift of the comp. Yeah. 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 And he was so funny as well. Like um, he missed his, because he asked me to handle him and I did what I could because I was emceeing and uh, doing other stuff. And he missed his second bench attempt. And he was just so funny. Come out the back, he goes, why do the refs hate me? <laughs> and I was like, because I didn't know how to take him. I was like, oh. And he's like, nah, I'm just joking. And he just like, you know, say all the shit that powerlifters always say after meets mm. when they do bad. Mm. It was just so funny to be around. So it was so cool. Yeah. Anything else? Any other highlights? Probably a million. We could yeah. be here all day. Yeah. 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 Oh, the biggest highlight of the comp is when the song came on. With the Drake song came on, you know the song that's like, "Where the fuck do I even start?" Yeah, that uh, was fucking crazy. Mike, Mike was refing a world record bench, and it's like, "Where the fuck do I even?" And then Mike's like, "Start with Drake." No way. <laughs> and then me, me and James were the only people that caught it. We looked at each other. Like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the best moments ever, and it's just like lost in time now because it wasn't captured yeah, it was insane i couldn't believe it i was like what the fuck did no one else see that except for me and thomas <laughs> we'd be able to find it in the feed yeah that was cool mm. someone just has to watch six hours hey <laughs> cj what are you doing this week <laughs> <laughs> you got a spare six hours what was your highlight of the comp 
Um. Oh man. I, I just think it was so cool how so, uh, so many Americans came over and trusted us. Mm. Like you wrapped a lot of Americans and like uh, we had heaps of guys like Declan handled those two big dogs that came through. I think that was so cool. Like what I always love about like Pro Roar Nationals, um, it's like the whole community coming together from all sorts of like gyms and stuff. But this was on a world level, like the world coming together and we're all like just sharing this sport that we love like together. I think that was really cool. Very cool. Do you know what? Team America should have split their team in half and had half Team Philippines. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> where me and Thomas were joking about how every Filipino just in powerlifting just turns into the same person. <laughs> or wear a headband, or have to have Philippines somewhere the on them. Fist bump. Fist bump all the spotters and loaders. <laughs> yeah, those two little dudes from the first day. Yeah. yeah. They were weapons. Yeah. yeah. They were awesome. They were like 60 kilos. One of them like deadlifted like 300 mm. or something. They had the cross earring as yeah. well. Yeah. And everything, every Filipino powerlifting, hip hop, rap, stereotype these guys are them and it's always the same in powerlifting every filipino just turns into the same person i did, love it did they love ryan wearing the headband yes <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't believe it they're like because one of them asked me why is he wearing it? i'm like he's filipino <laughs> <laughs> shout out to that guy oh yes we got a oh, oh all the spotters loaded tommy was in the wars mm. he, got, he walked away he the most injured person of the entire competition <laughs> Tommy, he just got smashed. <laughs> People just kept dropping bars on him and pinching hands and fire out. Alejandro downstairs, he said that's the best spotters and loaders he's ever seen at a comp. Wow. And he couldn't believe how serious they took it. And it's true, like when Ryan and Tommy are at a comp, uh, you know, even Andrew Ohm, Toby, you just feel so safe and mm -hmm. they've got such a system. Ryan walks up to any comp where he's spotting alone and just immediately back squats and tells you what to do mm. and you just listen. Yeah. We had the most drop bars of any comp I've been to and I don't know ever mm. people just kept throwing it off their back mm. yeah it was nuts mm. shut so it oh, I was just gonna say so there were a few times where it went all the way to the floor and they reacted very quickly and got that sorted out mm. I'm just sitting there in the corner watching my Leco rack and just being like just, <laughs> just throw it down just throw it down like a meter back just a meter back walk out further yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah shout out to the complete strength boys as well yeah I just love how they're always willing to lend a hand. Yeah. Matt Smart's always and his team. Yeah, he was there helping us set up, helping mm. us pack down. James was there spotting and loading a bunch of times. So was Matt. Mm. Really good dudes. Mm. There's a million people we could thank. Uh, it's going to take too long. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for making the event come together. Everyone who watched, supported, watched the live feed, all the positive comments, all the feedback we got. We really, really appreciate it. So good. Any final words from anyone? No, just second that, yeah. Thank you to everyone that was a part of IPL Worlds. It's done and dusted now. Now on to the next thing, to grow the federation bigger and better. Fuss. And if, if you're listening to this, the results will get posted. It'll be on open powerlifting. You'll get your record. Just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> calm down, please. Yeah, why are you guys so strong? You guys fucking broke about a million records. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Nah, congratulations, everyone. Thanks to everyone involved. Spotters, loaders, referees, coaches, lifters, <laughs> absolutely everybody. All right. Cool. That's it. Nice. We out. Shout out to Rhiannon for organizing everything and anything. Yes. Thank yeah. You. What a queen. Our angel. Hey.
Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.